0: Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and moms around the world. Hi, everybody. Ellie Noss here. Well, we have big news. (laughs) Uh, This is the first time I'm recording uh, since it's been announced that uh, my husband, Adam Stekiel, and I are working together for the very first time ever. Uh, We've been married for 11 years, first time we're working together, and you may have seen um, my post on Instagram or Facebook. Atomic Moms has inspired a sitcom called Because Kids that we have sold to ABC, I'm very excited. It's really fun working with Adam so far. I'm sure we'll check in over this next several months uh, throughout this process to give you updates on all of our bickering and uh, funny moments, but it was very exciting. And I can't thank you all enough for all the private messages over the years, all the podcast sharing you've done to help make this a reality. It felt really good to be sitting in these kind of scary, you know, network pitch situations, knowing that I got to talk about Atomic Moms and like I couldn't help but smile. We were laughing about parenting and how hard it is to be a mother. And it felt like you guys were with me. And I just, um, I still geek out over the podcast. What can I say? Like, <laughs> it was, it was a really cool experience. Today is a very special episode. I have Santi White here today. Uh, you may know her as Santi Gold. She just released her latest album. I don't want the Goldfire Sessions. She has collaborated with. All the best people in the music industry. She influences the best of the influencers. I'm not going to name drop here. Just Google her. It's crazy who she collaborates with, but I'm not going to name drop because I want you to get to know her as I have, which is as a really like thoughtful, laid back, real mom. I would listen to one of her songs from the Goldfire Sessions like to rev myself up for these network pitches. Again, I was, I could have been terrified to go into these rooms. I was a rejected actor for many years. I have a lot of bad feelings about the industry and I felt vulnerable going in, you know, and sharing our family's experiences and this thing that matters so much to me, which is the podcast. But listening to her music... I would focus on, you know, her uniqueness and her playfulness and, you know, this drive that she has as an artist and her authenticity and her celebration of her weirdness. And I would be like, okay, I can do this. I can go in this room and be me. I can go into a room and share who I am. Her courage is contagious I am so excited for you to get to know her a little better as I have through this conversation. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and check out our website, AtomicMoms.com. Join me on Instagram at Atomic Moms. We've been doing Insta stories and we have this little Facebook private community you can join where you can ask other listeners questions about parenting stuff. And It's a really beautiful community that has evolved because of you. So I'll be right back in studio with Santi White, a.k.a. Santi Gold, to talk about music and motherhood. Hi, Santi. Thank you for being here. Hello. Hello. Um, Okay, how old are your twins now? They are seven and a half months. So what are they doing? Like, what are are the (laughs) big milestones? They're they're
1: eating everything. They're just putting everything in their mouths. They are... um, sort of in between they've got two different crawling styles (laughs) um (laughs) so i have a boy and a girl my daughter is doing very good like military drag army drag whatever it's called and but now they're both up on their hands and knees like sometimes so she's she's now i think she's graduating to regular crawl but my son does and i didn't notice the difference i was like oh he's got his own little crawl and then i went to a cranial sacral therapist yeah and she's like yeah that's more of an amphibian type of crawl. <laughs> what does that she's mean? Like, Well, he wasn't using the, you know, when in your brain, you're supposed to like be wiring your brain with like sit, crawl, walk. Right. And she's like, he's not doing like left, right. Like he wasn't, he just do two hands, drag <laughs> forward, like a snake, two hands, drag. And so that's how he crawls. Did you have any suggestions for that or is it fine? No. Well, it's fine, but you want him to get the the sort of association with the like, opposite right. hands and that's and, a big and, deal yeah so i've been like then encouraging. oh and then he's trying to stand up and so he's trying to skip doing it right and so i'm like no you have to trigger your brain properly so i just <laughs> kind of like help him along so now he's kind of got it so he's now doing like a couple real crawls and then amphibian drive. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I love I it made that up, i think amphibian <laughs> um no but that's yeah. great i remember but they're 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 good i mean the other than that they're just like teething and it's awesome sleep regression all that stuff what are the differences in personality well it's interesting because we had like kind of associated all these things with them that so my son's name is honor and my daughter's name is aiko and we're like oh honor he's like you know he he really likes to be cuddled all the time and he's sort of like a little clingy and like you know, he wants stuff exactly when he wants it. He just kind of <laughs> needs attention. And Aiko is like the most independent and like she's just like sort of figures things out and like does it on her own. They've had an absolute reversal in the last like two weeks. Now Aiko wants to be held all the time. She's got separation anxiety and honor just like on his own playing, eating, <laughs> happy. So it's interesting because I think they're still like going through. Um, their de- developmental phases kind of differently, and then we're like associating with the personality. They're both really happy and like smiley, laughy babies. Honor's kind of serious, and Ike is kind of silly. Um, but yeah, they're they're so cute. I love them. <laughs> you just went to
0: your son's preschool class, yes? Because our kids are in class together, and. I guess parents are invited to come speak about what they do for a career. I should get in there with the podcast and just you have should. them record. <laughs> so you showed up to the preschool class. It's and how of- do you know about this, by the way? Because there was an email that was sent out. Oh,
1: right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, did Sabrina come home and say <laughs> Oh, by the way, yes. Sabrina also
0: tells me everything. I know everything about everyone. <laughs>
1: okay. That's so
0: funny. Uh, but... There was yeah, so every Friday we get a cute little email, and it was like this week Santi came. No, I, and I spoke saw about- the
1: amazing <laughs> pictures of myself that I didn't know were being taken. Nice, <laughs> terrible. That'll get leaked.
0: Uh, so, how did you explain to the four and
1: five year olds what you do? I mean, I I well. So the week before, I had run into Abby, who was a stylist, and she was sitting out there with these little wooden dolls with clothes magnets. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm talking to class today, and you definitely need visuals for these guys. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so before I went, I was like, oh, I need some visuals. So I found, like, a video online that I thought was shot, like, in a way that they could see what was going on on YouTube. And then um I brought this, and it sucks because I wasn't as prepared as I want, but I have a video. It's called... Can't get enough of myself. <laughs> and it puts the kids in the video. It puts the viewer in the video. So I was like, I got to show this video. Because I have had one other experience talking to a first grade class. Um, and the they could have cared less about me or what I was saying. <laughs> but when I whipped out the video, they were like, yeah, you know. So I was like, I got to bring the video. And I brought like a couple of pictures of me in costumes, you know. So I went in and I was like, I'm a singer. And um you know, thanks to Jen, the teacher, she uh-huh. was like kind of helping me. And she's like, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I was like, I feel happy when I sing. And I when I feel happy, I make other people feel happy. And, you know, you feel it in your body because then they're like, well, why do you like to dance? And I was like, "Well, you, when you when you sing, you feel music in your body and you can't control it. You feel like you just got to move to like to the rhythm because it takes over, you know. And um but they first I asked if everyone was artists you know if it, if there were any artists in the class and every single person needed to tell me that they They make Legos and draw and paint. (laughs) But I was like, okay, great. And I kept trying to stop. And they're like, me too. (laughs) you know. And I did Miss Jen
0: do the thing where she's like, if you also agree, put your finger on your nose. No, that
1: (laughs) that would have been helpful because it went on forever. And I didn't know how to stop it. And then...
0: um, But how sweet
1: that at that age, everyone is an artist. No, they're all an artist. And even they're like, and I play sports. And then one of them was like, one time, one of my eyes was closed and i couldn't open it and the other one was open and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> you so need that's, to go to a doctor that's kind <laughs> of how it went like they just told whatever they want oh so then radic was sitting up with me which was interesting because oh. he was he wanted to sort of compete for the attention <laughs> so he's like my career is that i build legos <laughs> and they're like great radic and then he's like and also i build legos <laughs> <he's> like, future <laughs> architect right So, and then he's like, and when I was born, I had black hair and now I have brown hair. (laughs) And they're like, cool. (laughs) So it was interesting. That was really like one of the hardest and and most enjoyable parts is that they just, they're the association of like, you know, what triggers different thoughts and in their brains and what they want to share like immediately. It was kind of like all over the place. So I was just trying to get them to have like an understanding of it and then. But it was, I think, more fun for them to, to be able to participate and say what they thought. So, you know, I didn't get that much further than like I sing. We said that I travel around the world on a tour bus and then Raddick's been on tour. So uh, Jen asked him how he did he like being on tour. And, you know, he said a couple things. What did he um, say? Well, he said that there was a toilet and that there was a bed. <laughs> <laughs> and and, um, and you could sleep in the bus, you know, they were interested in the fact that there was like Many bunk beds, you know, like 12 bunks. So they that would
0: be a dream. Yeah. These kids are obsessed with the idea of slumber parties, yeah. the idea of getting and, and TV on the bus. Like, and there's like bathroom, you know, it's like buses plus bunk beds. It's right. like four year olds. I mean, Rad
1: loved it because he and then he got to go on a double decker bus in London oh. and see the Eiffel Tower and like, um, you know, so he, he shared a little bit about that. And that's then, so cool. Uh, Sabrina came home and said
0: I was in a music video.
1: She was. <laughs> okay. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. So so then the video. So then I couldn't, unfortunately, get the iPad to work. So I had to pass my phone around. So I made them sit in a circle, which was kind of hard because they, well, I mean. I love that
0: you're judging your performance, like, with the preschool I class. I know. Honestly, <laughs> I just
1: talked to my therapist about this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I judge myself. We're a little hard on ourselves <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Yes, overachiever. So, um so I passed around the phone, and so just each of them got to see themselves in like a scene of the video, and that was super exciting. And then they watched my performance because I was like, they filmed one of my shows for Made in America, which was that documentary that Jay Z and Ron Howard did, and so it was shot so well. So I found that on YouTube, and I was like, you know, here. So they saw my dancers and costumes and my band. They were, they were like. Can we keep watching? Like, oh, they, yeah. they like that part. Yeah. And then somebody's like, how do you feel when you sing? I said, I feel happy. And someone's like, you keep saying that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was really funny. So, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think
0: they got it. I, I, when I was reading about you, it sounds like when you are working on your lyrics and on the music that it's just sort of channeling through you. Yeah. Creatively. And then after that is when you get very specific in the editing. And I don't have the vocabulary for this, but in the way that you create it all after the inspiration comes is very deliberate. And it sounds like it can take, you know, that you work by yourself at times, like years at a time on these projects. And you'll bring people in for different songs, But it's, it's all you, mama. Like, (laughs) it's your thing.
1: I mean, so, and it's been different kind of with each album. So definitely my general mode of of songwriting is that I just, I mean, there's two different ways. There's either I can start from scratch and like we write the music together, usually with a producer, or... I just get a track that like a producer already made that I happen to like, like, this is great, which is rare. But like, you know, I'll be like, perfect, done. Let's I'll just I'll just write to this. So either way, once the music is done, I go in and I just have like a melody run, which is when I just like close my eyes, zone out. And just like it, just like you said, I'm open and it just comes and it comes quick. Like melodies come quick. And then usually I sing gibberish, but there'll be like some words that sound like this or that. Um, sometimes there'll be a couple real words in there. And then usually, regardless if it's gibberish or not, it, it, it sort of leads the songwriting, like the lyric writing process where it's like, it sounds like I'm saying this. So I'm going to say this, you know, and then it ends up the songs about whatever it sounded like. I like that process because I do feel like it's letting me sort of like channel something that's just like there to be said, you know, through me where I'm not like guiding it from, you know, a uh, very like cerebral place where I'm mm-hmm. like, this is, it has to be about this. Like I just kind of like let it come, and there are times where you know lyrics have taken three months, and there's times when lyrics have taken ten minutes. You know, just kind of it depends. Three months is long, ten minutes is fast. So somewhere mm-hmm. usually in the middle. And there's times where I've been really heavily collaborative with people, uh, like on my first record. I worked with my friend John Hill, who was the producer for the whole record, and we worked like partners, even though I had a bunch of different producers come in, but I felt like I had a partner in John Hill throughout the whole process. Second record, I felt very much like I was sort of driving the ship and I had different producers come in, but they would come and they would go. And then I was left with, you know, putting all the pieces together and filling in the blanks and all that stuff. Then there was my third record, which was kind of like the second. And then this recent project I did was like a mixtape album album did it really fast with this one producer and it was like all beats. He did them all except for like a couple. This was guy Ricky Blaze, he did one and Diplo did one. But like in general, um, Dre Skull did the majority of the record and he just like made all the beats. So I didn't do any of the like music. It was just like show up, sing, done, you know? So that was quicker than normal and It was like another like me and Dre Skull, you know? Mm. How do you know when something is ready for the world?
0: Because if I get that you can channel this creativity, and that also takes the burden off an artist as well when it doesn't feel like we're creating it or we're making it, like if it's coming through us. Right, that's interesting, yeah. There's a freedom in that. And then once you are very particular about like how you want it to sound. How do you know when something's done or like, how do you know when something's good enough? And I guess I'm trying to kind of pick your brain about how do you manage any perfectionism that you might have?
1: Okay. So um, I just trust myself on, on the, on the knowing when it's done and it's done when I think it sounds good. Basically. Um, if it doesn't sound good, it's not done. I am a perfectionist. So like I nitpick, nitpick. So the main thing is like the songwriting process. I don't even finish songs that I don't think are good enough. So if I finish the song, then I think it's good enough. A lot of people write like, I don't know, 60 songs for a 10 song, you know, project. I write about 13, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm like, and eh, this one didn't turn out exactly right. But these are all good. So the weeding out process happens kind of like before i even spend the effort i'm like mm, i'm not really feeling this song i'm not feeling connected to it it's too hard it's not it shouldn't be this hard you know what i mean if i know it's good yes. and it's hard that's different but i'm like it's hard to write the melody like melodies aren't hard so this isn't working you know i just put it aside but as far as like then getting it you know i am very much a perfectionist i'm very critical of myself but in my art i think that in general that works to my benefit. I go slower than some people because of it. And in some places that is not serving me well. Uh, (laughs) You know, when I have to approve everything and like, so it, it holds up the process of releasing things because I have to approve everything. But at the same time, I think that one of the things that I'm known for as an artist is like the quality of my work, not the quantity and not like how frequent, you know. And I think that's very important to me to just have a seal quality stamp on my, on my work. So, um, so yeah, so I, I hold everything to that, you know, standard, you know, especially the mix, because I think for me, the sounds are such a big part of why it's me. You know, my voice has to sound like this, the sounds, because you can work really hard on writing and producing a song and give it to a mixer and it could come out sounding like a completely different record. And, you know, it's like kind of cheesy and like, overproduced and poppy and you didn't do that. And so like, to me, it's like for the integrity of the music to come out, right. I have to oversee like every step of the way and make sure that it's all true to the original vision, you know, including like directing the videos and yes. what you wear.
0: <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that is so, that must be so rare these days for an kind of artist a... to have such a singular vision. Where like, if I see something that you do, like you are coming out of like every aspect of it.
1: Right. And but that to me is like the fun part, because I think I don't even think of myself as a musician. And I only simplified it to the preschool class because <laughs> I didn't want to be confusing, <laughs> but I don't I certainly am not a singer. You know what I mean? Like when I what think are of it, you, I mean, I sing, but I'm an artist. You know, when I think of singers, I mean, I think of people who can like just like Aretha Franklin was a singer. Do you know what I'm saying? I know that's weird. I'm obviously a, a singer, and the, but that's not what I am. Like people aren't like, <laughs> I mean, I do have an interesting voice, but people aren't like, oh my God, her voice is like the point, like it's the art that's the point. It's how I use my voice and what I do with my voice and the the whole picture, you know? And so. I love to create the whole picture. So to me, that's the performance aspect where, you know, there's choreography, there's costumes, there's visuals. And it basically, those things are an opportunity to create like a physical presence of the song, you know? And so, and it keeps me from getting bored because I, I I am not <laughs> the type of person who just likes to do one thing, you know? I, I really got to get my hands like, you know, in everything because that's the fun of it. And um, so really- Doing music has really just afforded me the opportunity to do I mean, I really want to get more into directing because I love directing, which I've learned through directing my videos because the budgets were small. I couldn't get a lot of the directors that I wanted. And I would get these videos that weren't good. I scrap videos. Like I would I would just throw them away. Be like, you just say, sorry. Nope. We just spent money on this video, but it's not good and I'm not putting it out. And the labels would be like, well, you're not getting more money. And I'd be like, okay. And i go off to like, for a disparate youth video, for example. I scrapped a video and I was like,
0: <laughs> I wonder what the, now I want to see the the trash. You one. will never see it. This one, it was um, amazing.
1: Thank you. So it was like, I-, I Gave me chills. scrapped the video and I was going on vacation to Jamaica and I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot a video. So I, things come to me, my dreams all the time. So I dreamed this video and I, I woke up and I was like, okay, I got a video. I'm going to, travel to this faraway place and there's these sort of like Lord of the Flies yes. boys and there's these like the sort of Oracle twins. I was like, they have to be twins. Weird, right? And, so, <laughs> and I was like, and there's these white eyes. Like honestly, it all mm-hmm. came in this dream. So I called up a friend of mine who was a director and also he's a really great uh I love his eye as a DP as well. His name's Sam Fleischner and I was like, Sam, can you come to Jamaica and we shoot this? And he's like, All right. So we put together a team. It was five of us. It was Sam. It was my best friend, April, who's my stylist, who can do anything. It was this amazing artist who, I mean, everybody, it was so cool because she did the art direction, but also she like found all the boys and like, you know, we were all getting like the parents to sign off and we were all painting the boys. And like, so I was like directing, painting the boys, putting the context in their eyes, dealing with the parents singing and performing. <laughs> so it was five of us. I didn't have a makeup person. And then we brought a photographer and we did like photo shoot at night. So we'd finished shooting for the day and at one o'clock we'd start a photo shoot. But it was amazing because we'd go like in the dark to the to the beach and like jump in the water in like a dress, you know, and like shoot. And then the, the car actually got stuck in the sand and we had to wait for help and we all fell asleep in the car with the ocean noise. I mean, so it was just like, ended up being this amazing experience and we got an amazing video, and and it cost $25,000, you know, which I did get reimbursed for. <laughs> so, oh. as, you know, so, um, yeah, and it's it sort of opened my eyes to all these different forms of art to just have to do it myself, you mm-hmm. know? Um, How do you feel as a mother
0: that you are, like, producing your home life and your family's experiences? I feel exhausted. <laughs>
1: And that is the hundred percent truth. I feel so tired. I've never been so tired in my whole life. But at the same time, what's cool about it is that you can make up the rules as a, as a parent, Um, because, you know, as a, as an adult, if you're aware, if you're self-aware, then you can sort of look back at your own life and your own parenting. I mean, from your parents and see what worked and what didn't, and what are your issues. And like, what things would you wish were done differently? You know, and there's so many approaches. I mean, some people are, go to the extreme and like, I'm going to homeschool, you know, and just totally run the show. Um, and then like, like, I wrote a book actually for kids that I didn't do anything with yet. It's called Life. <laughs> and it attempts to tackle like every hard explanation that you have to give to your children about like, where did we come from? what is like you know what is being alive how are babies made you know is there a god like you know which they don't even know what that means but like it literally touches on like how babies are made life on other planets what life is like what's the point of life death you know like how do you talk I don't know if it's good yet but this is I've written this book and I'm trying it out on people right now so I'll let you read it yeah Um, please I need the answers but I but I wrote it because I didn't I had never come across a book that would explain it the way that I wanted it to be explained. Um, so I, I I was like, I have to write it for Raddick, you know. And when I first read it to him, we had never discussed death. And he was like, what? I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I found out now that it's like um, at four, it's mm-hmm. like a very common conversation. They topic. get obsessed. obsessed.
0: Oh, man. I, I, was, the I didn't dinosaur. want to say Yeah. Extinction. Really? Well, oh yeah. Sabrina was very concerned about extinction and also our dog died last year. Oh. yeah. So she still talks our our listeners remember that. <laughs> our, Sabrina, anytime she sees anyone with a dog, she'll go up to him and be like, I have dogs, Chubbs, and Riggs. But Riggs
1: died. She told me this. <laughs> she told me she told me that at, at Bo's house. We talked about it. <laughs> that's right.
0: I was, like, last year.
1: It's her, like, conversation starter. <laughs> no. Well, no. But they don't understand, too. Like, they say terrible things like, she's old. She's going to die soon. Oh, yeah. And you're like,
0: no. Anytime anyone's sick, they're definitely going to die.
1: Yeah. Or it's just like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to die. When am I going to die? So it's like this big thing. So I didn't realize. I started that conversation with this book. Um, but I was talking about spirit and how it lives forever and how mm. you go back to— The all-knowing creator eye, and you know, I try to explain it like it's not that abstract in the way that I explain it. But I was trying to stay away from religion and trying to stay away from, um, you know, this idea of like a god that's like this human controller of everything and male and like you know this white guy that's yeah. yeah. And um, so
0: pointing a judging finger down. Yeah, (laughs) you know,
1: I was just trying to make it like more this holistic view of the cycle of life and, you know, where we fit in it. And, you know, so anyway, but my point is that, that I made it up and I made up, you know, not, not made it up like, like a fiction, but I made up how I wanted to discuss it with my son, you know? And, um and I think that we can do that all over the place. Like uh whether it's like, how do I want my son to eat? How do I want my son to communicate his feelings? How do I want to, um, what kind of, Play. I mean, he's, like, obsessed with Legos, and I can't do much about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I love what
0: you're saying because it's, it's like, being intentional about it. Yeah. And I find myself avoiding a lot of these things yeah. um, because they're hard topics, right? But they're going to come up.
1: They're going to come so, up. So— And you want to be in front of it. Yeah. You know? Um, we need to be able to sit with it and know where we stand. Exactly. So— I just try to, like, introduce things in, in my own way. And I try to make it so that he's heard of things so he won't be, like, blindsided, you know? Like, for instance, because he's in this class that doesn't have any people of color in this class, which was hard. We came from Brooklyn last year and where there was all different people in this class to this situation in this classroom where there's, like, there's no other brown person in his class. It's just challenging for Attic. So we read all these books and, like, we had these little people books you know, those, those series of little people. Yeah. So there's one like Rosa Parks and mm-hmm. Einstein and like Amelia Earhart. So we we're reading Rosa Parks. And in the beginning, I wasn't reading the real words because it was seemed like a lot for a four-year-old. Then other people were reading him a book. I'm not sure if they were reading the real words, but then he started asking questions that seemed like I need to read the real words. So I started reading the real words and it's like, talks about, you know, being a black person and, and not having a lot of money and and basically being treated unfairly. It's Rosa Parks story, we know. He was so interested and he asked so many questions. And then, you know, I was just like, you know what? He can handle this, you know? And then he went to school and he t- whispered to his teacher, Jenny said, did you know that sometimes white people aren't nice to black people? You know? And she was like, whoa, <laughs> you know? But she's like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, so he started to like, process this stuff. And and it involves obviously so much more communication and talking, but you know, he's interested in it. And so I don't really um, shield him from conversations, you know, obviously if they're like really inappropriate, like he's actually terrified of blood and fascinated with blood at the same time. Like he's scared of Halloween, (laughs) but he's like, tell me a story with blood, you know? And they tell me like, no. So, (laughs) so the thing about him is I've noticed when he's scared of something, he really wants to talk about it a lot. And I think that's a good approach. It's like with adults, when we have things in our hearts that are kind of heavy and hard. I don't know. Some people don't talk. About, I tell I I talk to like 10 people and I repeat the same story until it's like not powerful anymore. And then I'm like, okay, I feel better, you know? <sighs> so with him, same thing. He likes to talk about things when, when he's not, when he's grappling with them in his mind. Um, and so even like, so the feedback I've gotten from his teacher is that he's very mature emotionally because I think we just like talk about things and, And I don't follow the rules of like, I don't even, I don't have time to read anyway. Um, Right now in my life, when he was born, I read a lot. And Mm. now with the twins, I just like. You mean about parenting style? Yeah, parenting books and stuff like that. Sometimes we run into issues like uh, he's got like this anger thing where he's just like, I'm so frustrated. And then he'll like kind of while out. And especially since he's four, he's been like. Testing, you like know how great to label it to know what I'm it so is frustrated. and call it yeah. out. Like yeah. that's
0: so great. Yeah, but then he
1: falls on the floor. And he's like, ah! <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, from what I know of Reddick, he seems like such a thoughtful child. He is super super and thoughtful. He seems very observant and soulful.
1: He is. He is. And then, but he just meets new. You know, as he's growing older and experiencing new emotions. He's still four. And sometimes he's like, I don't really know what to make it. So his new thing is to just announce when he when we go somewhere, I'm shy. And I'm like, oh, you are? And he's like, yes. And then he will not answer anyone who speaks to him. Like, it's like his, his out. He's like, I'm shy. So I don't have to. <laughs> you can ask me, hello, how are you? How old? Nothing. I'm not going to look at you and I'm not going to talk to you. And I'm like... Okay, like you have to at least like reply. You know, <laughs> just say hi. You know,
0: um, <laughs> my husband's going to start using that at the birthday parties.
1: <laughs> I'm shy. I know. I'm shy. No, because we all he feel hates that small ins- talk. I'm so, shy. I know. I feel the same way. I'm shy. <laughs> and the thing is, as adults, we at least have a little bit of tools. Like, right. what do you do? You know, but they don't have the tools. So you you saw him at the school performance, where he literally like front and center. And was everyone else is going off on the scene and dancing. He's like slowly mouthing the words and just not really wanting to sing. And then he hid behind—I don't forget who was standing next to him. He hid behind her. I think it was Harper. Harper's very tall. I mean, yeah. that was a good choice. Tall. <laughs> he hid behind Harper until he almost started crying and the teacher pulled him down. And this is like— so we've never yeah. seen, you know, Radek really, bef- there's been plenty of assemblies, but so it's new for him. He all of a sudden is really aware of people watching him and the anxiety that he feels where he never really felt that before. And so the teacher said, you know, I never saw that before. She's like, he was the most animated yeah. and screaming the songs. Because so I was like, why did they put him in the front? Did he not know the words? She's like, no, you know your son. He knew all the words and all the moves. She's like, it was just in that moment he felt, he felt shy you know? So So what did you say
0: to him after that, especially as obviously, you know, an internationally
1: known performer? (laughs) I was like, it's okay. (laughs) You know, because I don't want to tell him that he doesn't, like, I was like, what was wrong? I think that was the most important thing. He didn't really want to talk about it right away. So I didn't push it. I just kind of gave him support and hugs and said, cool. Like, you know, that's okay. You know? And then later I was like, what happened? I was like, you didn't feel like performing? And he's like, there's too many people watching. And I said, okay. And then slowly over time, you know, then I come back to it. Because I Mm -hmm. think the more, if I push at the moment, he shuts down. So, and he will talk about how his feelings, but it's got to be kind of when he feels like it. And I think if we put too much weight on it in the moment, he doesn't want to talk about it. It seems too big, you know? So, I'm you know, like, oh, so erratic. You know, when you performed last time, you know, I'm like, you feel nervous when you're in front of crowds when people are watching you. And he's like, yeah, sometimes. I'm like, you know, what do you think they're going to, what do you think they're going to say? I'm like, you know, they like it. They think it's great. You know, I just try to boost him up. I think just try to boost him up and honor his emotions. That's
0: it. You know? You're a dream. Oh, stop. Ah! <laughs> so like, okay. Speaking of like boosting up and honoring emotions. Your husband Trevor was a snowboarder mm-hmm. and when you guys were engaged he had an injury where he could no longer be a snowboarder professionally. Um,
1: Is that true? Did I read that right? No, not quite right. I mean, <laughs> he had it's right. I mean, he had <laughs> he had many accidents when I met him, let's see, since I met Trevor, who actually has a broken arm right now, the first <laughs> the first broken bone since his snowboarding days, but he was skateboarding. Wow. Um <laughs> So it doesn't stop. But he, when I first met him, I mean, not first, but like one of the first accidents was <laughs> I, he, I knew he was out. Like they, they would go out like in the mountains, like deep and sort of for days be off the grid. And then I got this call like, hey, I'm at the hospital. I was like, what happened? He's like, yeah, I had to get like heli lifted because I... I scorpion, which is literally when you fall on your stomach and your legs go backwards over oh your head. God, it's like a yoga pose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but quick and like you know, but with a snowboard on. Yeah, it. I think he actually like fractured something in his back at that time, but it, it wasn't too serious, so he never like you know wasn't able to move or anything like that. But I think he just has some scar tissue, and then he broke his ribs uh, snowboarding on a wall. <laughs> and then I guess he didn't go fast enough. Fell and broke ribs. Um, and then he broke his, he tore his ACL, which was the big yeah. thing. And then he had a year of recuperation and physical therapy, but he went back to snowboarding. It was just once he was in his 30s
0: that he was done. I was reading that you were introducing him to music and he got very involved in that. And yeah. he's also, you know, now a world-renowned artist. I know. And so with my husband and I, like, okay, so we're writing this sitcom for ABC that's inspired by the podcast and like one of the running themes and sort of jokes is like, we're on the same team. And that's something that Adam says to me all the time. It's a good thing to
1: say. Yeah. Except it's <laughs> always
0: when we're in a fight and he's like, we're on the same team. And I'm like, well, it doesn't feel like we're on the same team. Right. But last night, we were watching Adam Sandler has a new Netflix special. Really? And it's a stand up special. And the last two songs, I was sobbing. Uh huh. Sobbing. You must watch it. The last song is about his wife of 20 years and it's about like growing old together. And he's got this great line about like how she defends him when, like, with Rotten Tomato reviews. Uh huh. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> Wait, she writes people back? I don't know if she does that. That But just like the idea. Yeah, that would be great. But that she has his back. Like Uh even when people are like shitting on him on Rotten Tomatoes, like she has his back. And I was just sobbing because I was like, oh, like we're on the same team. And I'm curious, like, it looks like from your relationship. That like you guys are very much on the same team, <laughs> like that you guys probably do things very differently, very but that are on the same team. And I'm curious, like, how do you guys do di- things differently? And what are the ways um, that he shows you that like you guys are on the same team?
1: Honestly, it's very challenging. Marriage is very challenging, I'll say. And especially because we've been together a long time. It's been like 16 years, I think, since we've been together. And we have very different styles. So he is, I'm like a little OCD and like a total perfectionist and uh, yeah, that. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, so ADD, scattered, a mess, like messy, really loose. But we both have a tremendous amount of anxiety. <laughs> so, you know, it's just interesting because I think in a way I've, I've, I've sort of, try to compensate for the things that I know he is not going to do or unable to notice,
0: (laughs) you know? Um, Well said. Yeah. I love how deliberate
1: you are in your choice of words,
0: Uh, but it's so good. It's so true. Yeah.
1: So I try to like pick up the slack, but then sometimes I get resentful because I feel like I'm picking up too much slack. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it feels like we're not on the same team when like he is like a sugar addict. And so- I, you know, am the one who made Radic like a sugar-free birthday cake on his first birthday, and then he comes with this like sugar cake. You know, and he's like, you know, so it's like, what, you know? Oh, give me one more example. I'm going to use it on the sitcom. <laughs> I oh my God. we have our ABC call right. We after gotta have this. a brainstorm because I got the most for you, but I don't remember in this moment. But we um, won't have it on air. Well, but I just like the car inspired. is like the car that he drives is filthy like yeah. food in the car like disgusting <laughs> just trash everywhere this is blowing my mind also because i was reading your sister is a
0: like oh. a, an incredible poet uh-huh. and i was reading one of her poems and it had to do with like cleanliness the a ladder and like that a mother figure who i'm assuming is your mother like uh-huh. pointing out that something was dirty uh-huh. anyway this is like i don't know if it was my mom maybe
1: or, maybe it might I be my know. sister it's, yeah, okay. And well, it was about how
0: your the character in the poem was right. cleaning something up because the mother figure had pointed oh, it out. Oh, okay, yeah, it was
1: probably my mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you end
0: up with this amazing snowboarding guy who's, who's great, just, who's like out of control, right. like
1: physically out of control. Totally out of control. <laughs> and it, it's kind of like a constant source of tension as partners, as being on the same team. Where we are on the same team is I think we generally, I'm a little more like, you know, meditation and holistic health. And like, I do all kinds of stuff. Like, Is that how you manage your anxiety? Yes. I mean, and how I manage life in general. But I do like, and I, right now I do nothing. I'll just say that. It's the twins, it's just like, and I need to be, but it's so hard to find time to do anything. But normally in life, you know, I've, I've done transcendental meditation. I do meditation. I do Qigong, like, years, I have a shaman. I have, like, I, I do all kinds of stuff. I travel, you know. Mm. Um, and he's like, I smoke weed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of you like, know, <laughs> I mean, he definitely has tried the meditation, you know, and he, he liked it, but he, he just doesn't do it. But we both are super creative. And I think both of us have, like, a creative approach to life. And we both want that for our children. We both have a really, like great sense of humor we laugh all the time we like can tease each other like we think the kids are funny we're both kind of excited about the same stuff um so we can share creatively which is great and we love our kids so much like we literally walk in the house and are just like so animated Trevor's a great dad he's cool he's funny he wants to teach Radic all this like he's a collector he's a collector slash hoarder um (laughs) Which is awesome.
0: <laughs> um, I feel so bad for you. You've got all these Legos and you've
1: got Oh, we got Legos. But Trevor has his, his whole like studio with like, you know, old eighties toys and he's got so a collection cool. of VHS tapes and old televisions, which he does art on the TVs and he has and he's just con his new thing, which is really annoying, is old <laughs> children's books, which take oh. up so much space. But he's just like has them and I'm like Oh, I love that. Yeah. I they're beautiful books. But they're just like sitting there. Yeah. And they're like too old for Radic, and like I don't know that they'll ever be red, but they look cool. But but that's kind of fun for Radic too, because Radic's like I want to watch thriller, so he goes out and because uh, he had like that Michael Jackson phase. Well, I don't yeah, think anybody missed that? <laughs> Nobody missed that. And also, Sabrina has a pink leather jacket because of Radic's really? jacket <laughs> that he wore every day. One day, he told me he needed a girlfriend so that they could go to the movies and she could wear the blue jacket while he wears his thriller oh, jacket. God, that's um, so sweet. <laughs> But anyway, so he'll be like, I want to watch Thriller. He'll go out to the garage, which is Trevor's studio, and pop in the Thriller VHS tape into the VCR of one of the built-in TVs. you know, the TV, so cool T V VHS built into that the TV. That is those? so cool. And so he'll do the Thriller dance with his Thriller outfit and a, a Hulk mask as the monster part, you know, when he turns into a monster. <laughs> I'll show you the video. But yes, yeah, so I think Trevor and I really connect on all that stuff that's really important, like values, what we want in a school, what we want our children to think like and be creative and think for themselves and all that stuff lines up, mm-hmm. you know. Um,
0: you know, the, on the podcast, a theme that has just comes up again and again and again is legacy. And it's funny about we're talking earlier about Radic, you know, coming to terms with death or the yeah. idea of death. And I... I'm obsessed with the musical Hamilton. We named our daughter Eliza. And I know that you are on the Hamilton Prize Committee at Wesleyan. Yeah. The university you went to. And it's an awarding a four-year scholarship for creativity. You are a really good researcher, by the way. Why, thank you. When I think (laughs) of legacy, I mean, the podcast is 100% that for me. Like, I want my girls to hear my voice someday if I'm not here. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be here. Um, I'm going to be here, right? I'm going to be here. Yes. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's so morbid. But although there is like a morbidity that comes with parenting, I, I think when we are so yes. faced
1: with life, yeah, you realize that there's also an exit. I know. I remember when Raddick was born, honestly, and like the first time I put him in his crib and I felt so sad and I was so confused by the emotion. And I was like, one day he's going to be here and I'm not going to be here to protect him. Like, I'm not going to be here with him one day. And he was, like, just born, you know? And that was, like, one of the first thoughts. is like, I'm not going to be here with them one day, you know? Weird. But um, that's why, to me, like, I really wanted to have siblings for him. Yeah. Like, I really, really, like, there was no question. Because Trevor was like, uh, I think one's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, come on, just one more, one more. And he's like, no. And then I was like, guess what, we're having twins. And he's like, literally, he goes, ugh walked away to <laughs> Yeah how, um, how did that how did he come back from that one <laughs> what uh well he also told me that my life was over i shouldn't be telling this oh my god <laughs> i'm not gonna have time to edit this out but luckily <laughs> due to therapy i knew that my life was over meant i'm scared yes. and i was like i didn't even get mad i was like you're just scared it's fine like I mean Oh, that's good. You, know? you are
0: so good. No, I'm not. But in that yeah, moment, no, that's really good. That moment, You're I my new good. life coach. I
1: was <laughs> proud of myself in that moment. I was like <laughs> And he was. And now he's so mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. Of he course. couldn't be happier. He's so excited about Yeah, them. And Radic is too. Yeah. And he even said one day, he's like, When you guys are gone, I'll have um I'll have my sister and brother. And I, I mean, I don't know if he said it exactly like that, but it was basically he's like, When you guys die, they'll be here, right? And I was like, right? yes, they will, They you know, and he's like, okay. And so, I think that gave him comfort, you know, totally. especially, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to change it up the, the scope here, <laughs> but in the world that we are living in right now, I'm like going to teach my kids to be survivalist. And like, I'm about to get like laser eye surgery. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be left behind oh, yeah. when we have to run. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God. It's I'm so crazy. glad that Eliza
0: done with like nursing and formula because i was i was like what am i gonna i know it's like, like what would i do if the world you know I if we couldn't have access to like baby food, food i mean right? which obviously you know i'm half kidding and then i'm devastated and thinking about like no this is like a real concern for a lot of people no, in the world right now really a, like they are leaving time. their homes and they don't have they can't feed their newborns or their infants and you're just like oh my god
1: Oh, I mean, even like been like that for a long time in many parts of the world where yeah. they don't have enough food to, to right. feed their babies. And I did that. I did a Kilimanjaro climb in 2010 to raise awareness for clean water. And I during that time, I visited um, a Maasai village that had just like a year before gotten literally some packets of chlorine that literally saved so many lives <sighs> where they learned to pour the chlorine into the water and then they. Mix it up and all the like parasites and all this debris falls to the bottom and literally pour it through a cloth and then save everybody from like dying. So we went like a year after that and saw like the differences that had made in their village and all the stuff. And then we went to one of the UN refugee camps in Ethiopia and there was all these Somalian refugees who were there for water once again. And it's just like it just that puts it in perspective too, you know, like. It's way worse now, even like for for so many different reasons. There's all these like refugees for so many different reasons. And these babies, you see the babies, not only the babies, you see these children with these, oh God, it's so heavy. And like the sadness on their faces because they don't have food. They don't have clothing. They don't have like a bed. There's
0: a recent post on Facebook that I think was taken down for like half a day or something because it was a little girl who's probably Sabrina's age who was shirtless. And so like Facebook had accidentally flagged it Mm -hmm. as though it was like a nudity thing. And it's like, no, actually it's because this child is starving to death. Right.
1: Yeah. (sighs) No, it's, it's a really hard time. And to see some of the things going on where, you know, whether it's like denial of climate change, whether it's like the whole refugee system, whether it's, I mean, the list goes on women's rights, whether it's like, I mean, it's so many things. And as a parent, oh, or social media, which I think belongs right there with all that other stuff. Because I just recently just heard that like the suicide rate amongst young girls is 70% up from like several years ago because, you know, these children are literally like on social media comparing their lives to these sanitized versions of, of other people's lives. And so it's not, I mean, it's just all these like, All these children, all these rappers, all these like teenagers that I know. I don't know anybody who's not talking about depressed or suicide right now. It's honestly, it's a real epidemic. So it's just a hard world to be having young children in and to to stay super positive and optimistic. And so, you know, I somehow want to equip my children for this world with like extra positivity, Mm -hmm. but also extra preparedness, you know? Raddick has a song he made up, like about "I'm gonna change the world, world, world." That's the reverb on it. "world, world, world."
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does that,
1: yes. and he's like, "There's gonna be no guns, guns, guns." <laughs> yes, and everybody have food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, he sings so like all the things. It's so cute, yes, and he made it so up by himself. But
0: I love that this going back to the beginning. Yeah, about like how do you feel when you make the music? I f- feel happy. Yeah and like that he is now using this same tool oh my gosh. that you have used throughout your life in these incredibly trying times yeah. to express happiness and when people listen to your music they can they, it, there is like
1: there's like it a changes of power our, yeah. I would say you know what I mean because a lot of times I do talk about you know tough subjects in the songs mm. but they feel good and so somebody's like well you know, it's so weird because your songs feel really good, but then the stuff you're talking about is kind of heavy. I'm like, yeah, but it's still, it still can be an uplifting song because it makes you feel powerful. You know what I'm saying? And that is feeling good as well. You don't just have to be like blinders on to well, feel happy.
0: Right. That is such a great point. And also we, in the way that with Radic, you give them some space and then you come back a little later and yeah. you, you ask them again, like when something feels really, really dark and just like I I feel a sense of despair, there's no getting to me. It's very hard to reach me. Right. But if I'm in a place, if I have a little space or if I can feel something, like if there's a little bit of joy happening, something that feels good, then the message gets to me. Right, And I feel that way about the podcast as well. Like if it's all, it's not, I want to say a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down and it's not, but it's, the sugar isn't like the, it's not like empty calories. It's like, but you've, you we've got to celebrate a little bit. We got to have a little joy. Otherwise like we can't be more aware of like the best. Exactly. Comedians. Like
1: Dave Chappelle is like one of my favorites, yes. you know, it's like he, you're laughing. I remember, okay. So I went to see him. I don't know, before I moved out here. So maybe I saw him in Boston in like 2004. Oh, really? 2005, I think. Was that during the Chappelle show time? I think so. I don't even remember when that show, I don't know. I don't really know when it was. But all I know is I saw him kind of recently and it was like maybe like two years ago. And he was trying out new material. So it was like a really small show and he went long. And so after, and he was, the whole time we were like dying laughing, but I was feeling really uncomfortable because he was talking about like gender identity and like all this stuff that was like, you know, he was pushing, you know what I mean? He was pushing and, and he, it was funny though, of course, but I love comedy that makes you feel uncomfortable. And because that's what the point is to make you like sort of challenge. And well, I talked to him after the show and I was like, that was amazing. And he was like, yeah. He's like, it's kind of hard. And I was like, why? He's like, well, it wasn't really working. So that's why I kept going. And I was like, oh, I was like, so when my stuff doesn't work, I kind of like speed through and run away. (laughs) Yeah. You you said that you you just move on to the next one. Yeah, I'm like, okay. But he said, like, if I feel like it's not doing what I want, I will stay and work it out on stage. So I'll just keep going. And I was like, that takes courage. No, it's so much courage. And it's like, what an interesting job too to to basically try to figure out how to touch on all these really really important, challenging to deal with and think about issues and then make people laugh their way through it. You know, it's such a such a skill. Will you make uh, us dance our way through it? Make <laughs> you dance your way through.
0: <laughs> so in closing, when Raddick's an old man, <laughs> that sweet little boy, when he's an old man, what do you want, Raddick? Oh, to think of when he thinks of his mama, um
1: joy, like I would love to be like so my dad passed away in two thousand and four, and whenever I think about my dad, I just feel like like he's he's always like laughing, like he was always laughing and being very silly and funny. Um, there was so many other things that he was as well, mm-hmm. but like I always get that. Just like he was only 55? he's only 55. yeah, yeah. It's crazy because I feel like I'm almost fifty five, <laughs> even though I'm not. With but like twins. I'm closer to fifty five. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and but with the you know with having twins at home, I'm so sure you young. feel eighty. <laughs> oh my god, I look at my face and I'm like, this is not no. good for my skin.
0: <laughs> but joy. So what was like one thing that he would? Like, if you were to close your eyes and think of your dad, like, Uh what's what comes to mind? Because I see my dad wearing cycling shorts. Oh, yeah. And. eating a huge (laughs) like just fistfuls of popcorn (laughs) he's like the funniest daddy long legs and that's just like my dad just not caring yeah like doing his own thing just a crazy funny like bizarre kind of chevy chase character i mean
1: my dad was kind of like that i have like a billion of those silly moments like i told radic this one because radic is like oh god one time, because Raddick, I didn't talk about my dad to Raddick for a long time because I didn't know how to talk about death. So I just didn't mention him. Mm. I shared with him a story about my dad. I told him that one time when I was a little girl, really little, my dad said, "Santi, come here. I got a surprise for you. I was like, what? What is it? What is it? And he's like, come here and open your hand and close your eyes. I was like, what is it? What is it? He's like, it's a surprise. So I opened my hand and closed my eyes. And when I woke up, I'm not woke up. When woke <laughs> up whoa <laughs> way to embellish the story <laughs> when Just i re- opened my eyes <laughs> there was a booger in my hand no he put a booger in my hand no. and i was like Ew, and he starts cracking up laughing <laughs> so i told radic that story and that is like his favorite story about my dad he's like it's he asked so many stories about my dad and they're all like was your dad silly do you know what i mean um, but anyway, that That's I would love Raddick to remember that. And just, I mean, just remember me as like a fun loving person. Though <laughs> I think he probably remembers me as a person who's like, don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, I don't buy that. But also just as like a person who writes my own rules and sort of like creates my own way and creates my own path. And, you know, hopefully... I'm teaching him to be that, that type of person. In fact, he said to me the other day, and he didn't seem that bummed about it, but I put him in these amazing overalls for picture day. Well, makeup picture day, because we missed picture day. <laughs> and he didn't even say anything about it. And then, but later I was like, hey, how'd your picture day go? Did you give a good smile? Because, you know, because we talked about a smile because he had started doing this fake, weird smile. And I was like, please, <laughs> hey, we a picture day. Can you just do a real smile? <laughs> So I was like, how does the smile go? And he's like, I did really good. I went like this. And I was like, okay, good. He's like, but somebody um, said that my overalls were weird. And I was like, hmm. I was like, that makes sense because they probably haven't really seen them before because they're really, really cool. So they probably thought they were weird because they never saw them before. I was like, let me tell you something. In life, people say things are weird when they don't know them sometimes. I was like, but you know what's really cool? He's like, what? I was like, everything cool is weird. And I was like, usually when someone tells you something's weird or that something that you do is weird, they usually go home and tell their parents, I want that. I was like, so you should probably keep trying to like do things that people think are weird, (laughs) you know? And he's like, oh, okay. You know, and I thought that was interesting. And he didn't seem bothered by it, but it's like, I just want him to know that like you can't not do what you're doing because somebody thinks it's weird. I wouldn't have done anything in life, you know? Thank you so much, Santi. (laughs) Thank you. It was awesome. Okay, everybody, don't
0: forget to check out Santi's latest album, I Don't Want the Goldfire Sessions. You're going to have it playing on loop. You're not going to stop. You're not going to be able to stop. Let me see those Insta stories of you guys playing her music in the car because you're going to just stay in the driveway because you're not going to want to turn it off. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast. If you have like a Facebook group you're a part of, share this podcast if it inspired you. We super appreciate the outreach. Okay, until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms.